Welcome back to But Is It Healthy? I get to say welcome back now. We are three episodes into this adventure, and today we're going to be talking about protein shakes. But first, y'all are really here for the music. So, without further ado... Hello everyone, it is January where I'm at, so I can't say it's a beautiful day, but it is a day and we are awake and we are alive, so we're off to a great start. Let's talk about protein shakes. And answer that big question of are protein shakes healthy? Well, yes and no. Lots of things are going to be like that for this. Uh, Unlike last time where we talked about a huge topic, we're talking about one specific thing But we're talking about one specific thing that people use in a lot of different ways. Um, When you think about protein shakes, you're going to get a lot of different answers as to why people think they're healthy. My favorite um, answers is that they help with weight loss. Uh, Ironically, the next answer is they help with weight gain. They help with building muscle. I'm considering those two the same thing. They're the same answer. Um, They're a great energy supplement is another one. And then if you want to get into the nerdy medical terms, they work very effectively to counteract catabolic illness. Things like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis and are suffering from a medical condition that causes them to have malnutrition tend to see positive results when they're using protein shakes as a way to supplement their diet because, let's be real, they have other issues. Or we have other issues. I don't know if you have one or... You don't know if I have one. We're not talking about personal things. So when we're looking at the big question of are protein shakes healthy, we're going to look at them with those goals in mind. Are they contributing to weight loss? Are they contributing to building muscle or weight gain? Are they working as an energy supplement? And are they counteracting catabolic illness? Looking at this from a simple I'm going to Google protein shakes perspective, you're going to A, screw up the algorithm, I have so many targeted ads now, it is not even funny. B, you're going to get a lot of blogs. You're not necessarily going to get scientific papers that come up. You're going to get lots of different people's opinions, which those are not invalid, but they are not how we choose to look at things on this particular podcast. We are looking at those empirical data sets, and let me tell you, looking at empirical data sets is just as daunting as reading your eighth fitness blog about how this particular protein shake will help you lose weight and get jacked at the same time as if the two things are not opposite. There are millions, if not billions, of studies that have been done on health benefits involving protein shakes, so I had to try to narrow it down a bit to those that were specifically looking at just protein shakes. I did not look at the many and varied ones that talk about protein shakes as part of a weight loss plan, meaning that it was only one aspect of this particular study. Those studies that I'm disqualifying with this are studies that involve a exercise plan, a sleep schedule, uh, other dietary changes. We are just looking at protein shakes. We are not looking at changing the rest of those things. Um, that does not, however, exclude ones that involve a pre-existing workout. Uh, a number of the studies I'm going to be talking about do involve uh, physical therapy as they are working to counteract uh, the effects of malnutrition. I'm considering that separate because those people were already 
in physical therapy before they started the protein shakes. Additionally, people who work out tend to drink more protein shakes. That's just um, what the data currently suggests. I'm saying that based on the fact that I read not one, not two, but four different studies that talk about people who work out seeking out protein shakes as a way to build muscle and gain weight. So those are going to be the two things that are allowed to have workouts. Everything else, as far as weight loss goes, I'm not going to attribute that solely to the protein shake. So it's getting thrown out. We're not looking at it. The other thing I ended up doing was that I set a study size limit for myself. Because there are so many studies out there, there are some very bizarre case studies. There are some weird little one-off studies where we looked at five teenagers to determine if protein shakes cause acne. Spoiler alert, when you have a study that looks at five people, it's not necessarily generalizable to the general population. And you are specifically looking at teenagers age whatever the age range for that study is. This is somewhat made up, somewhat realistic, because again, if you Google protein shakes and acne, you will see lots of people have opinions. There's enough empirical evidence out there that we can kind of say, it might have an impact. That, that's not what you want to hear when you're looking at it. You're looking for a yes or no, but uh, as far as acne goes, we do know that there are tons of other um, factors at play that really do have an impact and unfortunately they're not things you can change. Those things are age, family history, skin type, and obesity status. Whether or not you can change obesity status is, uh, it's a longer term process than just a, hey, I can stop drinking protein shakes or I can start drinking protein shakes. So, like I said, we threw out everything that looked at less than 100 people and let me tell you, it makes me sad. There are so many fun, interesting case studies where bizarre things have happened to people who are drinking protein shakes. Don't look at them. It's going to influence how you look at protein shakes overall. And as amazing and interesting as they are, if that's going to be what prevents you from using protein shakes in other goals, you don't want to be looking at them you need to be aware that those things exist. You're going to have unique cases. In, people are individuals. We are not the average, which is a statistical made-up person. They're not real. Nobody's average because, well, it's everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so, again, one of the other studies actually did just look at the people who buy protein shakes. 42% of gym users are out there buying protein shakes on the regular. Uh, another quick caveat, different studies are going to refer to protein shakes as protein powder mixed with water and protein shakes that you buy off the rack at, that are pre-packaged as a liquid. I'm using the term interchangeably because ultimately I didn't see a difference in the studies I was able to read in full or in the abstracts of the studies that I was not. So. A protein shake is a protein shake. It does not matter whether you made it or Starbucks made it. Let's start talking about different studies. We're looking at one meta-analysis from 2012. This claims to be the first meta-analysis. I can't verify that. It's very hard to date these kinds of things. Um, I didn't find one older, if that makes anyone feel better. Regarding the use of 
protein shakes to combat catabolic illness. And the overwhelming results for this particular meta-analysis were very positive. Um, they classify use of protein shakes for this particular meta-analysis in three ways. You had short-term use, long-term use, and prolonged use. Um, two out of three came back with things that we want to see. The third, eh, not so much. Basically what this study found is that if you're using protein shakes for about a seven-month period, no more than seven months, you're going to see an increase in weight, muscle, hand strength, body composition. Um, I'm going to talk about body composition on a different episode because it's a lot more detailed than I can provide right here. But basically, short term, for the sake of this particular instance, they looked at skin folds and bone density. This also looked at a lot of older adults as well. So long-term use in this study found that it didn't necessarily help. They, they could not definitively say that it helped, that long-term being seven to 18 months of use, so two years maximum. Um, you are going to see a reduction in hip fractures, again, and that's gonna be in your population of over age 60. But you're not going to be seeing any negative, so I'm putting that in the positive. That's a health benefit. Whereas the prolonged use, they, they, they started trying to taper off because there is a common school of thought that says prolonged use, meaning anything longer than two years of consistent daily use of protein shakes, is going to start messing with your renal system and your blood filtration. And they did start to see some of that in some of their younger users who had been using them um, for a extremely long period of time. So this would be someone who had like child's Crohn's disease, uh, started maintaining their weight as a child or a teenager with protein shakes and just kept doing it. They do not recommend that. The other thing that I want to mention about this study is it capped protein shake consumption at 74 grams of protein a day. So you got you could get protein from other sources in all of these. They're not saying you couldn't consume other protein, but the amount that you were getting from the protein shake was 74 grams. That's important to notice because a lot of times when we're looking at protein shakes, we do look at protein content. You're not getting that. You're getting like 16 grams of protein. And it makes me angry that they're like, now with protein, I'm like, it's a candy bar. You're selling a candy bar in a lot of these protein bars. You're selling a Starbucks drink and you're calling it a protein beverage. It does not actually have the protein needed to sustain that idea. This particular study also had set a minimum for what counted as a protein shake, which was at 55 grams. So that's something else to remember when you're looking at protein shakes. The big takeaways from this study are that one, if you are an older adult, you should probably occasionally be using protein shakes to supplement your daily protein intake. Two, if you have catabolic illness, it's gonna work great when you're having a flare up. It is not necessarily something you wanna be doing as a prolonged method of control, but it is something that'll help you out. And you also wanna, if you're a regular person, you probably are going to see some of those other benefits, that muscle increase, that weight gain, but you don't wanna be doing it too long and you 
do not want to be skimping on what you're actually calling a protein shake. Make sure you're getting those actual protein grams and not just, oh, it says protein on the front because that's a buzzword because everybody's on, I don't know, high protein, high fat, keto, keto, paleo, pick a diet, any diet. They, they've all got something. A lot of them are very pro-protein, which again, protein is good. Protein in the correct amounts is good. Long-term overuse of protein is going to potentially screw up your kidneys. I cannot find, or at least I did not find, a free article that definitively said, hey, using extreme amounts of protein for more than two years causes this. I didn't find it. Not Say it's not out there. I am strictly using stuff that I can get for free as my resources. I am poor and do not have the data set. And I also think it's important for you to be able to go out and fact check me. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, go read the study yourself. I do provide links or I try to provide links. It's, I, I've twice now I've had broken links on things I've turned in for other projects. It's, it's very sad. The internet doesn't like me. Moving on, we're going to look at weight gain and energy supplementation. And I do put those in the same category for this particular group as well as the muscle build just because there seems to be a significant overlap in studies that look at that. You did see some energy supplementation in that previous study. Um, also, all of my studies, I do double check them. Nobody has published anything that says, hey, this is a bad study. With one caveat, that's actually going to come up here. 2017 review came out with a study saying that protein shakes um, definitely work for people who are doing resistance training. They were looking at people who had already been doing resistance training, had them start consuming protein shakes, and then checked them out. They saw a significant increase in muscle size. And when I say muscle size, what I mean is number of muscle fibers per cross section, not like, oh, wow, you look jacked, man. I mean, plenty of these people look jacked because we're talking about the world's most intense crossfitters for some of these studies. And that study was backed up by a 2003 study, shockingly enough. We go way back for this one because that's how long people have been wanting to talk about if protein shakes are healthy. That also agrees with that. We had another 2012 study that came back in favor of that. Overall, these studies basically said, hey, if you're doing this high-intensity training, you should consume protein shakes as well as other things. A lot of them were like, hey, we also want you to be taking um, different amino acids, or we want you to be taking... Uh, fat supplement as well because you're burning so many calories and we want to make sure that you're still getting enough. So that's something else to keep in mind if you're looking to use protein shakes to build muscle, gain weight, increase energy, you definitely want to pay attention to A, how the protein shake's making you feel as a person and B, if you're going to be getting a better benefit from adding other amino acids. Uh, one that comes up a lot is people talk about collagen, people talk about creatinine. These are things that have been shown to have some benefit when used in conjunction with protein supplementation. I don't want to come out and say that they are the end-all, be-all, this is the way, 
but they do seem to help. One of these studies, however, I am putting in a caveat, the author of one of the 2017 studies, of which there are three, I think, there, there are three, one of them had an author who works for a supplement company and worked for a supplement company at the time the study was published, meaning he did have a dog in this fight, he did want this to come out a specific way, and that may have potentially influenced his study. I'm including it because everyone else agrees with him. Had this guy come out and said something extremely controversial, I'd have chucked his opinion on grounds that he wanted a specific outcome for his particular company. Um, but because he is backed up by everyone else, I'm letting it stand. That's something else to think about when you're doing your own research into things. Uh, credibility of the author. You don't want to be reading somebody's paper who repeatedly says loud, flamboyant things while having an ulterior motive. Uh, somebody comes out with a controversial study, you best be seeing if you can find anyone else to back them up, or if there's anything else out there that, hmm, not necessarily backs them up, but looks similar, looks like they could have contributed uh, take a look at who they're citing is their research, their lit reviews. Don't just take their word for it. People say controversial things because controversial things are not how you get published in science, but they are how you get picked up by media. And everybody is about that these days. So we're saying weight gain and energy positives. Um, the other thing is, with that is that energy supplementation had a massive study come out in 2021. Woohoo! Science not related to disease happened. We're very excited. Um, and it basically said that uh, older adults who are supplementing with protein shakes tend to have a higher energy score. It's not the world's most dramatic energy score, but it is significant enough that they went ahead and published the study. So again, if you're in that adult class of 55 and older for this particular study, they saw some benefits if you were over 40, but definitely at that 55 age mark was where this study started to see the significant benefits. So, something to take away. And now here we have the last goal, the, the sad goal, weight loss. I didn't find anything. And believe me, I looked, but I didn't find anything that wasn't, these people lost weight while drinking protein shakes and, there's always an and. The protein shake is not the only variable at play here. It is not the only change that is happening. All those other studies, those are people who worked out before they started taking protein shakes. Those are people who were in physical therapy before they started taking protein shakes. These are people who were not actively working out or uh, working out at such a low level that it didn't register on a lot of these scales, but who suddenly were in this intense workout plan where they were working out multiple times a week for varying degrees of intensity and length of time, or they had altered their sleep schedule, they were changing their diets, they were doing two to three things that have massive lifestyle changes at the same time. So I can't definitively say that the protein shake was what was helping them. 
I can say it probably contributed. All of these studies came back positive. But general conventional knowledge tells us that if you start exercising, start altering your diet, start altering your sleep schedule, altering when you eat, all of those massive lifestyle changes do have an impact on your weight. And they're not necessarily going to be able to attribute it just to the one factor. So if you're looking to lose weight and you're looking to use protein shakes, I would not discourage you. I am going to just simply say that I don't have the data saying that drinking the protein shake is going to be the thing that helps you. There's lots of programs out there. There's lots of people out there. A lot of the stuff around the whole protein shakes contribute to weight loss. Assume that you're drinking protein shakes instead of eating. I generally would advise against that just because that is a massive change. That is a rapid change. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. I'm not playing one on this podcast. I am a person who wants to get to do fun scientific literature reviews and get to talk about it. But because we're looking at aspects of health, I have to clarify that sometimes. Because again, if your doctor's saying, hey, I need you to take this protein shake and I need you to do this and this and this, talk to the doctor. Don't say, well, I listened to a podcast. It's the worst advice anyone will ever give you. Big recap time now. Woohoo! Are protein shakes healthy? Um, if your goal is to build muscle, yes, protein shakes are healthy. If your goal is to increase energy, yes, if and only if you are an older adult. Older meaning 55 and up. Possibly if you are 40 and up. I'm gonna let you figure that one out for yourself and see if more data comes out. Yes, if you are using it to combat malnutrition from catabolic illness, 100% do it. Yes, that is a definite benefit. If you're here for weight loss, I'm sorry. No, we're going to put that in the negative. It does tend to have all of these benefits for weight gain. And unless you're going to do X, Y, and Z with it, no, it goes in the negative category. So... We have two positives, three positives. We're giving it three positives and one negative. I'm calling protein shakes healthy. Uh, come see me next week and let me know what you want to hear about. I'm open to researching other things. All right. I've talked for quite a while now, so we're going to cue the music. Bye. Bye.